Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to another week of The Daily Oz. There's kind of two main stories to be looking at this week. The ongoing COVID-19 drama across multiple states and territories in Australia and the evolving situation on the ground in Afghanistan. To help us understand both of these issues and more, I'm joined by the co-founder of The Daily Oz, Zara. Zara, start us off with COVID-19. New South Wales broke a whole lot of records it didn't want to break over the weekend. We recorded 830 locally acquired cases yesterday, and at least 50 of those were infectious in the community. But it is seeming like that number is becoming more and more insignificant when something like 600 remain under investigation. Sadly, there were also three deaths reported yesterday. Over in Victoria, there were 65 locally acquired cases, and 55 of those were linked to a known cluster. But only 12 of those were in isolation during their infectious period, and for Victoria, that number is vital. The ACT recorded 19 locally acquired cases yesterday, and 17 of those were linked to a known cluster. At the same time as there were records in the number of new daily cases, there were also anti-lockdown protests in multiple cities across the country over the weekend. There are an estimated 4,000 people attending a process in Melbourne on Saturday, with 218 people arrested and six officers hospitalised. At that protest, there were also over a million dollars of fines given out. In Sydney, 47 people were arrested at the protest there, and 261 penalty infringement notices were issued. On a political program during an interview yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced that a further 300 people have been safely evacuated from Kabul over the weekend. The group was evacuated on four separate flights, which means that now more than 550 people, including Afghan and Australian visa holders, have been evacuated from the country's capital since August 18th when this tragedy began to unfold. Well, it is a very fluid situation, David, and uh, and the registrations that, that we have are, are often not first-hand and, and they need to be confirmed. So what we're simply doing right now is getting as many people out safely uh, with, the proper che- with the proper checks uh, being done both uh, on, the, on the airfield itself and as well as back in AMAB in, in the Emirates uh, to ensure that we're, we're doing the right thing in terms of Australia's national security interests, but also the right thing by humanitarian interests. And today's good news, the Barty Party continues. Australian tennis star Ash Barty defeated Germany's Angelique Kerber to secure a spot in the Cincinnati Open final. The Cincinnati Open is typically held up as the warm-up event to the upcoming US Open, so it is good signs for Ash Barty. She beat Kerber in straight sets in just under 75 minutes. When we talk about the unfolding crisis in Afghanistan, the discussion quickly turns to Australia's responsibility in terms of a refugee intake, whether that refugee intake needs to be increased and how quickly that process should occur. It's not the first time that our country has been having these conversations and it is interesting that this week marks 20 years since the Tampa affair, which for all intents and purposes was the turning point for our country's border protection policies moving forward. So Sam, before we go into the significance, can you run us through what actually happened in 2001? So on the 24th of August 2001, a small Indonesian fishing boat called the Palapa overloaded with 433 mainly Hazara asylum seekers 
from Afghanistan became stranded in international waters. The Hazara are a minority in Afghanistan. So you've basically got the Sunnis and the Shiites as the two major groups, and the Hazara are a smaller third ethnic minority. The boat became stranded approximately 140 kilometres north of Christmas Island. When Australian maritime authorities were alerted to the situation, they gave directions to a Norwegian container ship, and this ship was called the NV Tampa. And this is why we refer to it as the Tampa Affair, and this ship was sent to rescue the asylum seekers. From here, the Tampa's captain took the asylum seekers to Christmas Island, and the ship crossed Australian maritime borders on the 29th of August, and that date became a really important milestone in terms of when Australia started to have legal responsibilities for the asylum seekers. In Australia, the media picked up on the Tampa crisis as a catalyst to look at Australia's border protection and whether people arriving by boat was going to become an issue. This was all happening about six weeks before the upcoming election and the government, which was led by former Prime Minister John Howard, was really keen to show that they were tough on borders and could secure Australia's borders from the impending threat of asylum seekers coming by boat. This manifested itself in August, so that month, through an emergency bill called the Border Protection Bill. And this bill gave the power to remove any foreign ship in Australian territorial waters. It's worth noting that this bill was not passed in the Senate, but a watered-down version, a kind of border protection bill light, was eventually introduced. The key reform at the heart of this new border protection bill was laws that excluded many of Australia's offshore islands, including Christmas Island, from Australia's migration zone. This essentially meant that asylum seekers had no automatic right to apply for refugee status if they arrived on those islands. It also meant, and this is something that we've talked about right until this day, that asylum seekers could be processed offshore in places like Nauru and Papua New Guinea's Manus Island. While this was a singular event in 2001, like many other events that happened that year, it had policy implications for many, many years to come. And the zero tolerance for people seeking asylum who try to enter Australia by boat has continued to this day. The current Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, in a past life served as our Immigration Minister. And on his desk sat a little statue of a boat that said, I stopped the boats. This has become a bipartisan commitment. Under Labor, this became a defining feature of Kevin Rudd's prime ministership and followed Julia Gillard well into her prime ministership too. So it is not the coalition or Labor. Asylum seekers under successive Labor and Liberal governments have been denied entry to this country if they travel here by boat. And we can trace the origins of this tough border policy to the Tampa affair. Even with so many other dominant news topics, it'd be fair to assume that border protection and national security is going to be a hot topic going into next year's federal election. So we were keen to introduce you to some of the key events leading up to Australia's modern policies. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram throughout the day. It's where over 199,000 Australians get their news. We'll have all the COVID updates as well as the latest from Afghanistan. Have a great start to the week.